unless you're one of my sons and you're jumping all over the house, then we want you to be less excited. I love the fact how, without knowing, these two guys have shared a communion message and, and talked about giving an offering message, something that means something to them, but both of them have used examples of somebody that gave everything that they had, you know. Uh, and isn't that just a picture of our saviour, Jesus? That he gave everything that he had. You know, God loves us so much. I, I so, so adore the picture that, that Georgia got today because he loves us so much that, you know, his hands wrapped around our heart. You know, one in protection. You know, if you've got something that you want to keep safe, you, you know, you keep it in this bubble. I, I watch my son if he catches a lizard or if he's got money it's in his hands you know he's not squeezing the life out of it so it dies he's he's gently holding it but no one else can get it you know and that picture of that hand on our heart yes it's God pumping keeping us alive and jump-starting us but it's his protection over us too so he loves us so much you know one of the beauties of or one of the beautiful aspects of our original design, our true identity, is the fact that we are in the Godhead. We are literally inside the Godhead, the Bible says. And in that place, we can stuff up in that place. We can make mistakes in that place. We can say the wrong thing, offend people, do the wrong thing in that place. But we're still in the Godhead. You understand? We are never removed from the Godhead. And unfortunately in our Christian walk and in our Christian life and our belief, we just feel like every time we, we muck up, we get further and further away from God. But we're still smack in the middle of the Godhead. He still loves us the same. His, he, his love for us is never ending. You cannot measure it. Yeah? And he just comes alongside side us and he just pats us on the back and he lifts us up in that place. I love it. We've got a beautiful saviour. If we could grab hold of all that he has for us, and the way that he sees us, yeah, man, we would be something spectacular. It's not to say that we're not, but I think there's always more. Just like whatever your picture of God is, whatever your relationship with the Father is, if you're asking me, there's more. You might have the best relationship with God that you've ever had. I'm going to suggest you can get better. Yeah? You may do wonderful signs, miracles and wonders. There's still more. There's always more in him because he's God. We can't measure out how much love he has for us. Yeah? And he doesn't just give it out in small doses. He pours it into us till our cup overflows. It's, it's brilliant. It's sensational. You know, I, for those that weren't here over the last few weeks, we've been talking about having resilient faith. And Mel's message last week um, was a ripper. Not because she's my wife, but she legitimately is one inspirational godly woman that spends time with her father and so delivered a message that she got so many people responding to that message and encouraging her that part of me wants to say, you're never preaching again. You, you're gonna, people are going to want more of that message. There'll be more downloads, more copies done than any other message. I can't have that. It looks bad on me. She was really good. Just talking about resilient faith, you know, having that faith that, that's resilient. And against all odds, we can still stand, you know. Like... We should have, if we understand the Father's heart for us and how he sees us and the fact that we are in the Godhead, that should be enough to say, regardless of what I go through, I believe 
and I'll continue to believe. I'll continue to get up. I'll continue to press on. I'll continue to push forward. You know, last week's worship, this week's worship was lovely too. And I just want to commend, you know, we say our worship team, but I want to commend our family that gets up here, our brothers and our sisters, yeah, that get up here and play. Because not only do they help us step into God's presence, yeah, but they allow themselves to be led to a place where they'll sing spontaneously, they'll allow the music to play, they'll allow the Holy Spirit to take control without feeling the need to control themselves, which allows us to have, have a time. If we're open, yeah? If we're open. You can go to McDonald's and not eat a burger, but if you're open, then you'll buy one, yeah? It's the same in God's presence. God's presence will be there, and if you're open, you can step into that place, you know, freely and experience it. But you can also be in that environment and decide and close your heart and not experience it at all. You know, why do, we, why do we worship the way we worship in this church? Because the whole idea is for us as a corporate body, as a family, just to open our hearts for God. That in the reality of who we are, yeah, the reality of who we are, that we are His, that we connect with Him in His presence. And in His presence, there's grace and forgiveness and love. And in that place, we're so overwhelmed with what he has for us, that as a family we grow together. We grow together you know, in who we are and we step out and live out of that place. And then God works from that place. And then we affect those that are around us because we're doing community together. We're sharing with one another. We're sharing our weaknesses and our struggles. And people are sharing what they've done to get through. And in that place of transparency and openness and brokenness, we actually go from strength to strength. And then when we get out into the community, there's something different about us. We sang it this morning that when we walk in, the atmosphere changes because of who we are and whose we are. But it's been cultivated, yeah, like a good yogurt. In community, yeah? Well, you can't have a little bit of milk. It doesn't work. It's been cultivated, and we cultivate who we are together, you know? That's why friendship groups are so important. That's why catching up with one another is so important. That's why opening your homes is so important, because you actually grow. You know, we cannot grow alone. It will not happen. You abide alone. It's not going to happen. But together, as God gives you a word for you, it's for you to work through you for those around you and we grow together. And I, I just love what God's doing in this house. But anyway, we should pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Have your way today, we pray. Speak your words. Encourage us. Breathe life into us. Jumpstart the hearts that are, are needing it, Father. Massage the hearts that need that. Father, we trust you implicitly, God. When we say we trust you, Father, we give you full authority Lord, over our lives to do what you know is right for us. So we give you that authority. We give you that place of honour, that place of privilege as your children. And we say thank you. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. And all these people said, Amen. On Tuesday night, we had our Melt Leadership Training Night. Now, that's strange in itself because it's a Melt Leadership Training Night. And I'll explain to you what Melt is. MELT is Mount Clear Equipping Leaders Training. So by calling it a Mount Leadership Training Night, it's a Mount Clear Equipping Leaders Training Leadership Training Night. It just doesn't make sense, does it? Anyway, that, that was for free, so you can be as confused as me. And, and those nights are for those that are leading departments or you know, that, that have an influence you know, over people in the house and in our house. And so on that particular night, Tuesday, 
I felt the need to talk about we as a people are more spiritual than we're physical. So we talked about being spiritual. In fact, the theme was let's get spiritual. Who remembers that song, Let's Get Physical? You remembered it straight away because you started dancing. You know, the little, the little shoulder shake. Remember that song, Let's Get Physical? If you actually type in Google, Let's Get Spiritual, someone's changed the words to the same music. It is so bad. It really is so bad. But anyway, let's get spiritual. Anyway, I won't go there. So don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> oh, I guess I did watch it. I watched it all. And my eyes were burning. It was saying, don't watch it anymore, Andrew. But I couldn't turn away. Anyway. And if you look at the original Let's Get Physical, that is a terrible film clip. Do not watch it. Just listen to the lyrics. and yeah. Lyrics are probably bad too. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It meant something different then. But anyway, so on our Melt Leadership Training Night, we spoke about being spiritual and being more spiritual. And so what I need to do right now is I need to apologise to you as a church. I need to apologise to each and every one of you because of what we spoke about on that night. And why do I need to apologise? Well, it's because of this. See, the next time you get with some of these wonderful people, and you may not even know who they are, but the next time that you get with some of these wonderful people, instead of patting you on the back to make you feel better, they're going to point you back to Jesus. Yeah? They're going to flat out point you back to Jesus because their heart and our heart is to see you be all you can be in him. Not to massage your ears, yeah? That's not what they're there for. So I've got to apologise because the next time you're carrying an offence and you go to one of them to share that offence, hoping that they would pick up that offence with you, they're going to point you back to Jesus. Sorry. You know, I've got to apologise for that because you may not get the, the sympathy that you, you were looking for, yeah? You know, the next time that you're with them and they hear in your thoughts. See, it's not behaviour. See, behaviour is only an echo of belief, yeah? Behaviour is only an echo of belief. But when they hear in your thoughts and in your thinking something negative, instead of consoling you around that thought, they're going to point you back to Jesus. I'm sorry. We've told our leaders that it's time to step up and be more spiritual and help the children of God be all that they can be in him. And so they're going to point you back to Jesus. Now, personally, I think that's pretty good. You know, my daughter's not here, uh, my youngest, Sarah, but Sarah's been going to, to, since she's moved back to Melbourne, she's visited two churches. She went to one for about three or four weeks, and now she's going to another. She's probably been there about four weeks, so she wants to decide where she's going to go. Now, in the church that she's currently visiting, she met with one of the leaders, and they've met a few times, and she shared with this leader, and I'm sharing this because I want you to understand that we are more spiritual than we are physical, Okay? Now, she's spending time with this leader and she says to this leader, I'm thinking I might travel and go and work overseas for a year. And so this leader says, oh, how long have you been thinking about that? And she goes, well, I'm still working in Ballarat. So I'm driving to Ballarat three times a week, sometimes four. I'm applying for jobs. But if a job doesn't come to pass, I'm actually thinking I might go to the US and do nannying for a year or maybe to the UK and do hospitality and nannying. I'm not sure. I'm just throwing it up. Now, this is what the leader said. Now, I didn't speak these words to my daughter. I probably didn't have the courage to speak the words to my daughter. This is what the leader said. She said, Sarah, how long have you been thinking about that? And Sarah explains why she's thinking about it. And she goes, I don't think that's the best thing for you right now. She goes, because just in our conversations, in your walk, you're not 
you, your, your foundations aren't solid and you're not really strong in your walk. And I think if you go overseas, you're probably not going to go to church and you're not going to follow your faith over that 12 months. I think you probably need to decide where you want to be and you need to build a firm foundation in God and then once you've done that, then go. You know what? That's spirituality. That's a spiritual leader. So when you go to our guys and they do the same thing, you need to know they're watching your heart. Because if life's grand but our walk is weak, then we failed you. Yeah? But if our walk is strong, whether life is grand or whether life's a struggle, it doesn't matter because you've got a foundation that you can actually walk on and depend on and walk through in. Amen? So, amen for that. The other thing I've got to apologise for is when we were talking about all of that and talking about being more spiritual as a leadership, you know, what we said was that part of that, because we we're looking at we we're looking at Aaron and we we're looking at Moses, and we we're looking at Moses just what he did when the children of Israel decided that they want to worship a golden calf. And what he did was he started to intercede for the people. He just flat out got before God. And he begged God. He went before God and said, you can't wipe them out. He started to intercede. And so we shared that as a leadership, we should be praying for everyone that's in the church. Everyone. So if Mount Clear is your home, you need to know there are people praying for you all the time. All the time. And in fact, we have people that come in during the week and sit in the office and they specifically come here just to pray for you. Now, I don't know about you. You should be stoked about that because that's family. That's what family does. So we spoke about that on Tuesday, about getting, getting together and praying for one another and interceding and pleading God and with God for the best for people. Because doesn't it say in 1 Timothy, we should use some scripture, 1 Timothy in chapter 2, the message version says, the first thing I want you to do is pray. Pray every way you know how for everyone you know. That doesn't mean you leave anyone out, everyone you know. So your friendship group leaders, they're going to be praying for you. The leaders of the church, they're going to be praying for you. Jenny in the office, she's going to be praying for you. The people that we've got coming in are going to be praying for you. So if you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you think, man, I don't know what's wrong. There's this excitement. I'm happy. I mean, I haven't had coffee yet, but I'm really, I'm stoked today. It's probably because someone's praying for you. Yeah? Man, this happened at work and, and this person said this and normally I'd want to rip their eyes out. But today I just feel really loving. It's probably because someone's praying for you. Yeah, That's family. That's what we do. So that's what we talked about at our leadership night. That we need to be able to point people back to Jesus and we need to intercede for people because we're spiritual more than we're physical. Yeah. Now, that's just the start. That's just the good stuff. Because I, I, as I started to think about this, that as a leadership we need to be more spiritual than physical, it actually dawned on me that all of us should be more spiritual than physical. All of us. All of us. Actually, look to the person on the right and say, that's you. You need to be more spiritual. You know what the brilliance is? That if we're more spiritual than physical, then our lives should show it. Yeah, there's the bomb. Then our lives should show it. But the truth is, yeah, 
that often they don't. Our lives often don't show that we're more spiritual than physical. Now, we're not bad people. We're good people. We're people who love God. We're people who love Jesus. We're people who accept that he came and he died for us on the cross so that we can have life, yeah? We're good people. But for some reason, we seem to live, and this is a generalisation, so don't be offended, please, because you've got to understand God's talking to me about this stuff, so I can only share what God's speaking to me. If you feel an offence, I'd suggest that maybe God's just pointed something out, yeah? Now, I don't know about you, but for some reason, the lives that we live sometimes seem really powerless and unappealing. You know? It, let me put it, let's, let's be transparent and honest. You ever shared your faith with someone and it's done nothing at all? They've never come to church? Never said yes to Jesus? Never thanked you for the, the wondrous gospel that you've just shared? Never said, wow, that's, I've never heard that before. I want that Jesus. I know that happens at times and for some of you probably all the time. But I know at times and I've shared that gospel that hasn't happened. People are still living their life, doing what they do. Still, you know, I, look, I only have to look at my brother or sister-in-law, really. I, just, I can look close to home. You know, we've had conversations where they've said, look, if our kids, my nieces, if they want to know about God, we've told them to speak to you because you're the God person in the family. But for us, we're not interested. Yeah? So for me, sometimes I think all of us, I'm going to say all of us, this is my sweeping generalisation, please don't be offended can live a powerless, unappealing. You might think you're pretty powerful and you might think that your life's pretty appealing, but the people around you are the ones that really are going to tell. Yeah, amen? That's the truth of the matter. Unappealing to those around us, unappealing to those that we're witnessing to, unappealing to those that we've invited into this life that's supposed to be abundant. You know, I just think God has in mind so much more, more than we can possibly ask, think or imagine, don't you think? Now, there are some passages of Scripture that have challenged me this week, passages that have challenged my belief. You know, the what do I really believe type Scriptures? Do I really believe what's in here? Or should I just rip it out or hide it with a piece of paper? Or liquid paper works really well too. Yeah. Or if you take notes, you take a note over that Scripture, eventually you won't see that Scripture anymore. It just goes until you buy a new Bible again. But no one's ever done that because we just love every. Every scripture that challenges us to the core. You know, one of those scriptures was John uh, chapter 14, verse 8 and 9. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? So we know that, the fa that Father God, that, that Abba was pleased to place his fullness in his son. We know that. Scripture says that. And we know that his son then lives in us through the Holy Spirit. So for me, we are his hands and his feet extended, are we not? We are his ambassadors, yeah, his ambassadors. So he's inside of us and now as his ambassadors, we represent him. So here Jesus says to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I want to suggest in the same way, are those that we're coming into contact with, those that we spend time with and bump into life, bump into in life, are they seeing the Father? Are they discovering Jesus? 
when they see us, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It's not when you have heard me, you've heard the Father. When you've seen, when you've seen. We know Jesus was kind. We know he was loving and forgiving. We know he didn't judge people, but he was also powerful and supernatural. We sang a song that said, we need your supernatural love. I want to make a suggestion just from the outset, that supernatural love, some of that comes through us. <laughs> so when people met Jesus, they met the Father. But are people seeing Jesus when they see us? Are they seeing the Father when they see us? You know, remember that it was Jesus that said in John fourteen twelve, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Man, this is now doing my head in. That's suggesting that we're going to do the same thing that Jesus has done, which is daunting enough, yeah? The same thing that he's done. I mean, he's raised the dead. Eyes have seen, ears have opened. You know, like, he's done some really supernatural stuff. And then it goes on to say that we, that you and I will, not maybe, not could be, will, 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 will do greater things. When they see you, they've seen the Father. Man, and don't even believe in me. Don't you dare believe in me, Jesus says, unless you've seen me do what the Father does. Test it on what I do. Oh, my goodness. We're not talking about just salvation and faith and we're not talking about that stuff. That, that, that stuff's done and dusted. This is now a whole new thing. This is now God preparing us yeah, and equipping us to live the life that he purposed for us. You know, one thing I know is that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. That's not the gospel. That's not what the cross is about. It's not about making bad people good people. It's not about that. It's about taking natural people and making them supernatural. That's what the cross is all about. It's about taking us that we're far away from God and placing us smack inside of the Godhead. It's not a good from bad, because in the Godhead we can still make mistakes, remember? But it's about taking us who are natural and making us supernatural, because he's in us and we are in him. It challenges me. You guys are pretty quiet. Does it challenge you? you know, I know the person on your left has got it all together. You know, you may want to tell them, you know, lucky that you're in my life. <laughs> you know, when we pray for things, how do we pray? When we speak to people, how do we speak? When we journey through life, how do we journey? It was just when I thought I was pon- that I was pondering that stuff enough, then another passage jumps up at me and it slaps me in the face. I really don't like it when the Bible does that. You know, like sometimes you read the Bible and it's just nice. You know, and it's just nice. And that, that hand is on your heart, massaging your heart. It's nice. You feel the warm and fuzzies. It's nice. But then you read another passage and that heart is like those jumper leads on a car and it's like and trying to jump you into action. Because John 10, 37 says, Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Don't believe me unless you see me do what the Father's done. And Papa heals, he restores, he refreshes. 
He makes brand new. He loves and he forgives. That's our God, isn't it? That's why he sent Jesus to the cross. Yeah, out of love, forgiveness, mercy. The list is endless. So here we are in the Godhead, smack in the middle, and all authority has been given us because we are his children, sons and daughters. And as his heirs, more so even as his ambassadors, we bring the government of heaven to earth. That's what an ambassador does, brings the government of that place to the place that they're in. So as ambassadors of the king, we bring the government of heaven to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. We are the vehicles that daddy uses to do that. And now Jesus says, don't believe in me unless you see me do what the father does. You know, can you or I say the same thing to people that are in our life? Can we really say that to people that are in our life? Listen, don't believe what I've talked to you about unless you see me do the, the stuff that you know, Father's done. Don't, don't believe the gospel I've just shared with you unless you see me do the things that Jesus has done. Oh, now we're talking something different, are we? You know, maybe, just maybe, the world hasn't believed what we've shared because they haven't seen us do what the Father's done. Maybe they haven't seen us do what Jesus did and all greater things. Maybe, just maybe. And maybe they haven't seen these things through us because we haven't stepped out in faith. Not the faith that believes in your salvation, but the real faith that believes that you're now a son and daughter of the King carrying the same authority, heirs and co-heirs, that you can do greater things than he's. I'm talking a whole nother level of faith. The type of faith that's talked about in Corinthians, the unction of faith, that you speak to this mountain, move and it goes. We're not talking about the faith to believe there's a God. I grew up my whole life as a Catholic and I believed there was a God. I knew there was a God. And when I heard the gospel message for the first time as a 19-year-old, there was no issue for me stepping into relationship with God because I knew he was real. It's not that faith. We're talking a whole nother level of faith. And faith like grace is powerful. You know, a faith that confirms that we have all we already need to do all he wants us to do and greater. That's the faith. See, the Bible says that you and I are complete. Isn't that awesome? You're complete. Absolutely 100% complete. That means you're good. There's nothing else to be added. That means you have everything you need to make the cake. You've got all the ingredients. There's not one that's forgotten. You don't have to run to the shop. You are complete. Colossians 2.10 so you are complete through your union with Christ who is, the, who is the head over every ruler and authority. The NIV even says that we've been brought to fullness. We have it all. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? So while you ponder that, I'm going to ask someone to come up and share. Share what this life looks like for them. So Dan, why don't you come forward? I haven't forgotten. It's just getting there. Because this life looks like something, but it requires faith. And then you've got to ask yourself, what do I truly believe when you get to those scriptures, yeah? So just um, share, share some of the stuff that you shared about when you've heard messages in the past. 
Um, and then maybe talk about what, what you're currently doing because what's stirring up in your heart. Okay. Um, Andrew asked me to do this and I basically wrote down a page of things that I live by now. And they're very biblical <laughs> and they're confronting. And I'm, I'm going to read them to you. And I hope that they mean something to you. You only truly believe what you do. Amen. You only truly know what you've done. You just said all this. <laughs> you cannot say you know God in an area unless you have acted like him in that area. Come on. Area being his nature. His divine nature. Jesus' commandments are invitations for you to act like God. Amen. He wants the word to become flesh in you. So, as Andrew said, you've got the fullness of God. You are his righteousness. Amen. You are his righteousness. You should be able to say that. Another statement, read it, do it, then you've believed it. <laughs> Hear it, do it, then you've believed it. The action makes me whole because the action proves I believe. The commandment acted upon proves I love him. I know him. Knowing God is acting like him. In, in the word it says, be gone from me, I never knew you. <laughs> what that translated to me is, you never acted like me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible to prove it to you. <laughs> Um, this is really hard to use. If you go to 1 John 1, uh, sorry, 1 John 2, verse 3, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. <laughs> Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. that strong enough for you? <clears throat> but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. In John 17, Jesus says this, and this is eternal life, that you know, sorry, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Eternal life is God's nature. It's not going to heaven. It's the fact that you have his nature. And I'll prove that to you again with a word. <laughs> 
His divine power has granted to us all things, as Andrew said, that pertain to life and godliness. Come on. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory, same glory, not different, same, and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become mm. partakers of his divine nature. Mm. Amen. If you don't live by that, if you don't do it, you don't know God. If you don't live by it, you don't love him. And God has given to you all the grace you need Come on. to be him. You just got to believe it. If you, if you act like God, you've believed. Share what happened a couple of weeks ago after a service. Andrew preached and we were, we were driving out and I was like, saw this guy hobbling around. I was like, I cannot sit in church. And listen to what that man said and not go and heal that guy. If I don't go, I have not loved God today in this moment. He wants me to prove that I believe. <laughs> he wants us to act in compassion, not sympathy. Come sympathy on. goes, oh, I'll go and pat you on the back. Come on. I'm glad that Andrew has said to the leaders, don't. Don't pat people on the back, point them to God. See, Jesus, he walked, he saw a problem, he said, well, I've got the answer for this. You've got the answer because you're one with him. There's no separation for you. It's total purity of connectedness. So if I believe that, I have to do something. I just want to finish with this. I'm encouraged by this church in this way. My family has been loved by you. <laughs> I've seen the Father in how you've cared for my family. So I want to encourage you in that. Amen. But I want to ask you, what are the areas of his nature do you not really understand? Because like Andrew said, there's more. I, I don't understand some aspects of God's nature. Because I'm not prepared in some ways to step into them. Come on. It's the same for all of us. We have to encourage each other to love and good works. And you've encouraged me to love and good works because you've loved my family. Amen. <laughs> but I want you to know that there's more, Amen. as Andrew have said. Jesus is asking you to touch someone because you have the answer in you. You are the truth. Come on. That's great. You are the life. <laughs> you are the way. You have God in you. Amen. You're not just you. You're God in the room. Amen. Spot on. Can I, oh, quick question. That person that you prayed for, did they get healed? No, I want you I to share that. I haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the guy. He promised that he was going to come to church. So when he does... Well, no. He's going to get hammered. <laughs> well, the devil is anyway. Yeah, I mean. Because he's the one who's taken away his freedom. Yep. And 
I'm here to destroy the works of the devil and so are all of you because you're full of God. Amen. And that's why the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So that man needs his freedom because you've got God in you. That's right. <laughs> the reason I asked him to share that and just to, was that person healed, is because what we experience and when we're walking in faith, yeah, the things that happen shouldn't change your theology. If the Bible says that God heals and God heals, just because you've prayed for someone for a cold and they've not been healed doesn't mean that you change your theology. Just because you've prayed for someone who's been in a wheelchair and they've not got out of that wheelchair doesn't mean that you change your theology. It just means we haven't experienced the manifestation of what God has to do there and then because others have experienced that. And if you speak to most people in a healing-type ministry... They'll tell you about the thousands of times that they've prayed for people and seen nothing, even before they saw their first healing. Because it was about getting their belief right, because belief is the, you know, behavior is the echo of belief. Now, I just wanted to share where Dan and Claire are at and what they're doing, because there's more for us. See, there are blessings that come with living a Christ-like life. And I've used this analogy in church before of a house. Our salvation is secure. We're set. We're done. Amen. We have eternal life now. Even as Peter McHugh said when he shared here, we're walking in our eternal life. And yes, we'll spend an eternity with the Father. Yeah? It's not about our salvation. But this house that God gives us, and we'll call it our salvation house, has rooms in it. And every room is a part of God. Every room is a nature of God. And he says, go and walk into every room. And every room has a blessing for us. But if we don't choose to walk in that room, then we don't get the blessing that comes from that thing. We may walk into the kitchen, you know, and that may be the giving room. And so because we're generous and we're givers, we'll experience God and his generosity. But there might be another room that's praying out loud and we don't walk into there. So the blessing that comes from the Father for praying out loud, we won't experience, but our salvation is secure and we still receive these other blessings or these things from God because they're promises in the word. You know, there's a life that we can live that is appealing to those that are out there. It's a life that we can live that's powerful, yeah, every day. You know, we are complete. So here's a question. Why is it that we don't see that? Why is it that we don't see ourselves doing what the Father's done? And it could it be, and this is me questioning myself, please, could it be that we just don't truly believe it? We don't believe that we can. Like we believe that we can because the Word says that we can, and we believe it for those that go out and about or in life somehow they do stuff, they step out in faith, etc. And I believe it for Dan, he can do all of that. And it's not that I don't believe it for me, I just don't believe it for me. Does that make any sense? Yeah? So it all comes down to what we truly believe. Many of us believe God, we believe Jesus. But do all of us believe that we carry the authority of heaven? Man, we've got to be a people that are different. We've got to be a people that are different. I've been reading a book um, written by Peter at Stairway and a journey they've been on uh, over the last 10 years. And in this book, at the beginning of the chapter, at the end of every chapter, there are testimonies of people within his church that are living a life where they can say, you know, don't believe the words I speak, but believe me if you see, see me do what the Father does. And there's just testimony after testimony. And they, they'll just be in everyday life. You've got to understand, you don't have to be part of a group to live a Christian life, to live a powerful life. 
like Dan, just going out the drive and seeing someone, these people are in the shopping centres with their mums and dads, their daughters, their sons, with their friends, and they see someone and they feel prompted. And they'll go over and say, hey, look, you know, I notice you're in, you're in plaster. Why is that? And they, the person might share, can I pray for you? And people have said, no, you can't. And so they've written that in this book, you know. And I went up to pray, but they wouldn't let me pray. But I was just so blessed that God gave me the courage to go and ask, you know. It was actually an uplifting testimony, even though nothing happened. Others have prayed for people and nothing's happened. But they're just the fact that they're, they're stepping out and, and walking the way God has called us to walk. And then others have shared where some supernatural stuff has happened. Do we believe that we carry the authority of heaven? We're sons and daughters of the king. And just like Prince Charles, he carries the authority of the kingdom that he's an heir to. We carry the authority of the kingdom that we're heirs to. Amen? Look, this is exciting. Look, it really is. Don't be so down in the dumps. If the person next to you is not smiling, just punch them in the the arm really hard. And if it bruises, pray for them to be healed. This is really exciting stuff because the stuff that we're sharing is life. This is stuff straight out of the word. We're not making up stories here. We will do greater things. Even if we just rested on that scripture alone, what does that mean? Does it mean that we'll sing louder? Does it mean that we'll run faster? Does it mean that we'll be in the four walls of the church more often than anybody else? Does it mean that we'll build better kitchen cabinets because we'll do greater things than even he did? What does it mean? It should be exciting because it's like, wow, there's something for us to, to, to step into, to grab hold of, to believe. We will do greater things. A real faith that's founded and grounded in truth is powerful. That's why Hebrews 11.6 says, And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, the message version for me gives us a better perspective. Yeah? Because this is talking about a pleasing God. I don't believe it's talking about faith for our salvation. Because the message Bible says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists, one, and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So he wants to respond. When we step out in stuff, he wants to respond. It means we believe he exists. We have faith in him, but he cares enough and he wants to respond when we step out in faith for the supernatural. Yeah? The supernatural is what's in our nature because the cross is about taking someone who's natural and making them supernatural. We were human beings, yeah? And we were dying, perishing, going to hell without Jesus. That's the reality of the gospel. And he came not to change our behaviour but to change our belief in the one true living God. And so now we step into a supernatural realm, into a spiritual realm. Why do people have visions and dreams and why do we experience God? Because the spiritual realm and the physical realm happen all at the same time. Yeah? Heaven's not a place that's going to be created after we die. It's all happening now. Yeah? Papa wants to, because of his love for us, respond to us. He wants to help. His hand is on your heart. He doesn't want you to step out in faith and fail. That's not what he's about. He's not about putting you on a bike, pushing you down the street and hoping that you'll fall. He's about putting you on a bike, pushing you down the street and running alongside that even the moment you start to fall, he's got the back seat. So that's what we do for our kids. Most of us. 
The fall occasionally is fun. <laughs> That's another story. He wants to help us. And, and now James makes more sense in, in chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver. For a person who's divided with a divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Be sure your faith is in him alone. Know who he is. Know who he is and then know who you are in him. Know that you're valuable to him. Because we walk in the authority that he's given us. And so when we step out in faith, we step out in the authority that's been given to us through Jesus. Amen. See, the same verse in the message version says, if you don't know what you're doing, I love it. Because this is, I reckon this is a Christian life. Yeah? I believe this is a Christian life. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. Yeah? If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. Man, you should be highlighting that, bolding that. You should put those words up in your house, in the back of your toilet door. He loves to help. And you'll get his help. And it won't be condescended to, um, to, and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. I love it. He just gives it. He doesn't say, what a stupid question, Ben. I can't, oh, it could be either, Ben, couldn't it? Ben, you know, if God did that, you'd really be looking for his eyes, wouldn't you? We'll go to this, Ben. Ben, how could you ask such a stupid question? God doesn't do that. He just goes, dude, awesome question. Let me help you. That's what God does. He loves to help. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Never, because we are in the Godhead. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you do. You are trapped in there. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Our faith just needs to be locked in Him. Our focus needs to be and must be on Him. He won't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us hanging. You know, He doesn't just visit us to empower us. He lives inside of us and He cohabits with us. You've got to get that. When you're at your lowest... It's not God because God's not there. That's not how this life works. When you're at your lowest and you're at your wit's end and you're pulling your hair out and you just don't know which way is up, God is right there. The Godhead is right there, cohabiting with you. You're in the middle of it. He never leaves you hanging. He never leaves you. We all have what we need to live out what the Father does. All of us, each and every one of us. You and I can make the cake. You can make the cake. You can do it. Man, you should be skipping out the door saying, we can make the cake. Man, we can do it. Be like, Dave, we can make the cake. Cyril, we can make the cake. You can't change the light because I forgot to buy the globe, sorry. We can make the cake. And there's a quote by Peter McHugh that says, we grow, you've got to get this, we grow in the knowledge of what sonship means, we do not grow in sonship. We grow in the knowledge of what sonship means, we do not grow in sonship. See, once you're a son, you're a son. Once you're a daughter, you're a daughter. You can't be any more a son or a daughter than you are today because you said yes to Jesus. And when you said yes to Jesus, he picked you up from this place yeah, and he put you into this place, into this supernatural place. You are a son and a daughter. You know, some of you are thinking, man, I, I don't know if I could do that. I can't do what Dan does. I can't just... It's just life. It's just hearing. 
It's stepping out in faith occasionally. It's in a cafe. It's with a waitress. It's when you're walking through Bridge Mall and God points someone out. It's just being attentive to him and then stepping out in faith. You know, the outcome is, is, is not the answer. The outcome is not, you know, that's not the goal. The goal is to hear him and just step out in faith. Man, wouldn't that be radical? Man, have you heard about all those people from Eckley Church? Oh my goodness. They keep praying. They're just like walking through Bridge Mall and there's a person there and they walked up and they just prayed for them. You know, and they were at Windery Shopping Centre or someone with crutches and they prayed for them and they put the crutches down and they walked away. And then somebody else went up and asked somebody to be prayed for and they started yelling at them so they ran. You know, I don't know what the story's going to be. The goal is not the outcome. The goal is that we hear and we step out in faith. And you can, you're qualified for the task. I know the time. Colossians 1.12 And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Scripture says that you are qualified. You are qualified. You've done your apprenticeship. The minute you said yes to Jesus, your apprenticeship was over. You got your certificate. You are a qualified, bona fide Christian tradesman. That's it, you're done. You're dusted, you've got the ingredients, you've got the tools, go. See, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, amen? We just have to be available. We just have to be available. Why don't we stand? Because I'm, just, I'm, I'm mindful of the time. See, God has anointed us according to how he sees us, not how we see ourselves. And the reason most of us don't step into this realm step into this place, step into the supernatural because it's, it's the way that we see ourselves and we fail to see ourselves the way God sees us. Andrew, can I have the keys? It's always nicer. See, I think it's time for us as a church and as a people to be more like Jesus every day. Yeah? It's not the disciplines of reading and praying that make us more like Christ. They're good things. They're good disciplines because they help us grow. But, hey, behaviour and our behaviour is an echo of our belief. What we read and pray will help us to believe and then we need to step out because our behaviour changes. It just does. We can invade the impossible because everything's already under his feet. Everything's already under his feet. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It has been made full and complete by Christ. You and I are the church. Hey? Oh, man. Don't, Andrew. Please, stop it. It's too much responsibility now. We're the body and we're the church and he's given us all authority and, he, and, and, he's, and everything. He, like he's given that to us. And I don't want that authority. I'm happy just coming to church and sitting in the seats and singing a song. Hey, that's good. I'm not saying it's not. It's brilliant. Don't ever forsake the corporate gathering. But there's more. There's more to this life than what some of us are experiencing. We can learn from some of the others that are in this room. Yeah? The things that they've done, the things that they've believed in, the way they've stepped out in faith the things that they've seen, the things that they've shared. We can all learn because we grow together as family, as community. 
And as we share, man, I don't have the courage to do that. Someone comes alongside and says, I was like that too. But I just did one day. Let me come with you. I struggle with this. Yeah, wow. I'm there as well. And someone else speaks out and says, but hey, let me give you the answer. We do it in community. We do it in family. You know, everything we looked at today for me just shows us who we truly are as Christians. What we do and what we don't do doesn't default, you know, our inheritance of the kingdom. But we're missing out. Yeah. We're missing out. I know we read books and we hear different preachers and stuff and we look at the wonderful things they're doing and developing in third world nations. We think, wow, I wish I was like that. I wish I was like Reinhard Bonnke. I wish I was like Ravi Zacharias or John Bevere. I wish I was like John G. Lake or Wigglesworth. I wish every time I punched someone in the stomach, they'd be healed of cancer. I wish I could do that too. But maybe it's because I've never punched someone in the stomach, eh? True. There's something that they believed that caused their behaviour to be different. And they changed the world. They changed the people. And that very same power exists in you and I, that very same God, that very same nature, no less, no more, identical. Each and every person in this place has the same God. There's not anybody here that's more spiritual than you. Someone may get a picture and you don't. Someone may get a word and you don't. Someone may sing better and you don't. Someone may have the gift of healing and you don't. No one in this place is more spiritual than you. As my old pastor used to say, we're all mugs just having a go. We all come from the same address. But what do we truly believe? You know, Psalm 8 is a beautiful psalm. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You've taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet, man, what if ever there was a beautiful word? It's in that word, yet. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Hey, that's us. That's us. That's you, Christine. That's us. That's you, Elise. That's us. Dave, that's you. That's us. Gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. You made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. That's us. It's time to walk a spiritual walk. It's time to be more spiritual and physical. It's time to grab hold of all that we are in Him. The question is, are you ready? Are you willing? See, what you experience and how you live out your life is entirely up to you. God's given it to you. You've got the ingredients. And you can make the cake. It's entirely up to you. Why don't we close our eyes? 
Father, in this space right now, I believe, God, I see your heart. I see your hand on the hearts. And God, I see you massaging and comforting some. But God, I just see you almost like a defibrillator. God, I just see you pumping some hearts. Lord, jump-starting them to greatness. God, jump-starting them to a new belief. God, jump-starting them to a new level of faith. Jump-starting them to a new life. Father, I see that picture of a heart like that Superman emblem on our chest, God. And as we walk, it pumps up and it's large and it's huge. It, it almost comes out from us because there's so much love that you've poured into us and so much power when we walk in our true authority, in our original design, in our true and real identity. Father, this day, God, Lord, we pray against all thoughts, God. Lord, all negativity, Father, all sacred cows, things that in our lives are saying we can't do that. That's not for us. That's for him. That's for her. That's for them. That's not for me. Father, we pray against that. We pray against the voices that say we're not good enough to do the things that you did. We're not big enough or strong enough. We don't have enough faith. But God, you've given us all that we need. We are complete. Lord, you have made us full. And so this day, God, I pray that your voice would be so clear. Lord, as we walk through our school, as we go to our workplace, as we walk through Bridge Mall and, and Father Wendering Village or wherever it might be in this town, in coffee shops, in streets, with family and friends, I pray, God, that your voice, that still small voice, would speak so loudly and clearly that we would hear your prompting to be more like your son, Jesus that we would arrest the opportunity to pray for one another, that we would arrest the opportunity to pray for those that are unwell, that we would pray for minds to be clear and whole, that we would pray for legs to receive strength and walk, that Father, arms and ears and eyes would be healed. God, we pray for such a faith that our theology won't change regardless of what we see. God. Regardless of what happens, we will not change our theology. We will continue to believe that you are our daddy, our father, our God, that you will not leave us, that you do not forsake us, that, Lord, every time we cry out to you, that you want to help us in that place, that you'll give us courage and strength in that place. Because you are a good God. That's how much love you have for us. Father, we thank you. We claim, we, are, we declare, God, in fact, that this week alone, Lord, things will shift and change. We decree your goodness through these people over this town in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that we would receive words for people that we're just walking by. Father, even like Saul coming down from the mountain, starting to prophesy, I pray, God, that we'll just be ordering a coffee and God will give us a word from the barista. And God, and so we just share. Father, I pray that something shifts in the atmosphere. God, because where we are, the atmosphere changes. Where we are as ambassadors, God, we bring the government of heaven to earth. And so, Lord, we claim and declare and grab hold of those things. We thank you for our faith in you. 
But Lord, we continue to pray and believe for more. More of you. More experience, more tangible stuff. More miracles. Father, more catching when we're down. More uplifting, God. Lord, our heart might be broken at times, Father. We're breaking, but we are not broken. We are yours. So, Father, the words that were spoken today, God, I pray that you would seal in all of our hearts. I pray, God, that they would be so sealed that they would ferment, God, that over the coming hours and days that those, these words will ferment within us. Father, that, Father, like Aaron's rod that budded, Lord, that things would start to blossom and flower through this word, that things in our life, God, would come to life. That would even catch us by surprise. <laughs> so we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for your supernatural love. God, we thank you that we are your hands and your feet extended. And we thank you for the time that you've been with us today. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for hearing the word. But step out in a new faith, in a new love, in a new power. And watch what God does through you in Jesus' name. Amen.